If you take a drive to historic downtown in Pleasant Hill, you'll notice a lot of older buildings. These structures not only help to serve as a shelter from the ever-changing climate, but they also serve as memorials of our history, constructed in times past, each with its own story to tell. One building in particular tells of an unusual and somewhat scandalous account. Take a drive to 127 First Street with me. I'm your guide, Christina Summer, and I invite you to take a seat in the Assembly Hall of Memories. Welcome to the Bygone Society. December 8, 1854, a piece of land was deeded to John M. Armstrong from the U.S. government. In 1858, Armstrong and his wife Elizabeth sold a section of the land to the Pacific Railroad Company. For what reason, you might ask? Well, if you were to take a peek at the deed, it would say for the further consideration of the benefit which they expect to obtain from the location of a passenger and freight station and the erection of suitable buildings for the accommodation of the town of Pleasant Hill. That railroad company would later sell it to H.L. Ellsworth, who later sold it to Caleb Winfrey. And what seemed to be a game of hot potato with this land, buying and selling, it ended up back into the hands of the Armstrongs, due to a bankruptcy in 1866, when a portion of that lot was purchased by George Gosh and A.A. Zick for $550. In 1876, Gosh was sole owner of the property, selling his dry goods store for nearly 10 years. When Gosh died in the mid-1880s, the store was taken over by a son, also named George. Gosh would go on to sign a contract with H.T. Carr for the sale of the property in trade for 130 acres of land, assumption of $600 in debt, and by paying Carr $800. With this sale also came the transfer of insurance to Carr. The next day, Carr returned to Gosh's store with the deed to the 130-acre land. When he asked Gosh for the deed of the property and the $800 promised, Gosh refused to hand it over and turned those papers over to his lawyers. As unbelievable as it may sound, six hours later, a fire destroyed the store and much of downtown. According to record, the fire caused $50,000 in damages. How did it start? In a building owned by Gosh's mother, Rosina, in the kitchen of the master's dining hall located in the large three-story brick building on Main Street. Those flames soon spread and within just two hours, six of the best businesses in the area were gone. This is where we come back to the story of Carr and Gosh. By October 1st, Carr filed suit claiming damages, but Gosh claimed that it was Carr that failed to comply. Gosh would then try to collect his insurance money for the fire. But wait, there's more. Gosh also believed that the deed for 130 acres was still his. But of course, there was yet another snag. Carr's mother, Sarah, had been divorced and granted her maiden name. Therefore, Gosh thought, since there was a legal change of last name, that his deed and contract were no longer valid. 
But wait, there's more. Gosh said Carr's attorney did not represent the land and its value accordingly, and that the attorney implied that he was more so representing Gosh rather than Carr. We now get to hear from the judge. I'm sure you're eager to hear how this dramatic court scene ends. Well, the judge ruled that Carr's mother's maiden name was not an issue, but as you may expect, Gosh's attorney still asked for a corrected deed. Carr's attorney did not comply and filed suit against Gosh. After all of this, who do you think won? Gosh lost the case and the judge decided that Carr had been inconvenienced to the amount of $513.60, which Gosh must pay. And now we come full circle back to 127 First Street. Gosh eventually sold it. Yes, the sale finally went through. There's a neat feature on the building now. I mean, there must be something left over to tell us about this dramatic exchange. The story about this unusual feature reports like this. About the window on the left, as one faces the building, will appear in bold figures, 1887, the date of the beginning of the career of the Pleasant Hill Banking Company, while over the window at the right will appear the figures, 1908, the year the building was built. If that doesn't display the character of a building, then I don't know what does. You've been listening to The Bygone Society, where I share with you a bit of interesting history, one morsel at a time. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for your weekly dose of The Bygone Society.